Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we're going to review Season 2, Episodes 15 and 16, Paradise and Shadow Play. And today on the show, we once again have beamed aboard one of our favorite exobiologists, Lieutenant Commander Kyle. He's here. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you very much. He's he's being very uh, quiet and reserved this time. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> he wants to Kyle, hold it all in. And once again, Kyle is an actual actual scientist, so we yeah. will be asking all of our exobiology questions. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Including, um, you know, how these aliens developed this on these particular planets here. Um, But yeah, we'll start off with Paradise. So why don't uh, you give us a synopsis here, Kyle? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in spite of the fact that O'Brien desperately needs a vacation after his last few episodes, (laughs) he is on yet another mission with Cisco. Um, They're looking for new planets to settle, and they surprisingly come across one with humans already on it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. They detect a strange field that seems to interfere with sensors, and so logically they decide they're both going to beam down mm-hmm. and figure out what's going on down there. Um, they find out once the, once they arrive that none of their technology works, and there's a little society of humans living there uh, in a low tech lifestyle because mm-hmm. um, none of their Star Trek stuff works. Um, seems like a nice place, you know, nice and agrarian. Uh, yeah. Though their sort of leader, Elixis, not Alexis. Yes, it's Elixis. Elixis. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's off, the future. It's the future. Yeah. Vowels change, yeah. you know. Um, so she, she gives off a little bit of a creepy vibe, and, and slowly we realize that she, she is, in fact, um, a bit of a tyrant and cult leader mm-hmm. who loves to put people in boxes. Um, mm-hmm. She really tries to convert Ben and Miles to her philosophical beliefs um and so she sort of slowly tries to wear down ben um symbolically trying to get him to take off his starfleet uniform yes um she even ends up putting him in this punishment box uh, after miles tries to uh regain contact with their runabout in orbit but uh meanwhile Dax and Kira have discovered that the runabout is no longer in orbit because of some sort of mysterious hacking that we need to talk about. Um, and uh, Miles eventually uh, finds out that uh, Elixis has set up this uh, anti-technology field herself. Uh, he disables it, they free Benjamin, and um, right at that moment, Dax and Kira arrive. Um, they capture Elixis, and somehow everyone else just says... Hey, let's stay here. Let's just stay. (laughs) (laughs) So, by your tone towards the end, uh, how uh, am I correct in guessing that this was not your favorite episode? Well, okay, no, you're not correct. Um, Oh, okay. So, Hmm. I actually thought it was a pretty good episode, but it has what you guys have pointed out is sort of a recurring thing that it really flubs the ending. Yeah. That So, I, I thought it was actually a very interesting and effective portrayal of tyranny. Um, Sure, yeah. 
because it's it amazes me how Elixis manages to like twist things and almost convince you the viewer mm-hmm. that she is somehow justified and and the DS9 writers as we also see with Vedic Win are really good at these sort of like fake nice villains who are like yeah. I'm just <clears throat> I'm just caring and I just want what's best and yeah. somehow she makes this leap to therefore I need to like put people in a hot box yeah. and torture them. Yeah. I I thought I, I think what happened was um reading the notes on this show that that the writers presented this anti technology group and, and they didn't want to beat up on it. They they didn't want to vilify it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, they made a decision where they had all the people stay. It was sort of like they wanted to kind of uh, critique the leader, not the group, and which I think was a was a total mistake. I mean, well, one I, of their members was just murdered by a by a yeah. by the leader essentially because they could have saved her life if they had beamed aboard the runabout and and, and gone their medical equipment. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, basically they were tr- they've been tricked. Their lives have been unforgivably altered for 10 years based upon a, a lie mm. and they're like oh sure we'll get, we're gonna keep living here which seems very odd to because me. they found their true purpose in life and community yeah, yeah community so and, and eating a lot of fresh fruits and yeah. gourds and things like that. I, i'm gonna guess exactly 30 seconds after <laughs> they, all, <laughs> they went we've made a Wait. terrible mistake yeah well and it was weird because at the beginning of the episode you know i think um the character of cassandra yeah was sort of like oh are, are we gonna leave and mm-hmm. you know elixir is like everyone has to decide that for themselves and then right at the end joseph the guy is like i'm not gonna ask every any, anyone but mm-hmm. I think we're gonna stay. Thanks. Yeah. So you guys can get out of here. <laughs> although, I, although the final shot is those two, yeah. the two children looking at the box. Um, so I wasn't sure what we were supposed to I make of that. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. Like the writers sure. were like, "This is gonna be ominous or something," and we were yeah. like, "But of what? <laughs> what? What is the omen?" Yeah, it wasn't my favorite episode. Um, I, Shocked. you know, the <laughs> shocking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think she did a great job, Alexis' character. She was kind of like Alexis. An, Alexis. Alexis yeah. She was kind of like an anti-Janeway. Yeah. I felt like she huh, kind of had uh, a Janeway vibe, but she was the the bad Janeway. You know, the mirror universe Janeway. Please, just please. a chance to drag yeah. Janeway through the mud. <laughs> I'm saying please she's please good. Janeway no, talk out. No, of no, no, no. But like, you know, she had that kind of Janeway. Janeway's involved in everyone's lives mm-hmm. in a very personal yeah, level. Like yeah. that's how. That's how she she commands. She's like she knows every detail about everyone. Yes. Okay. And uh, and that's what a Elixis does so well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say if you walk into some sort of hippie commune and and the leader has self published books, yeah, uh, bad news. That she that she yeah get out right away. Yeah. That means self published books on every subject means villain. Yeah, villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you feel about it, Michael? Uh, I I actually. I liked the uh, the idea. I thought it. I thought it did a very good job of um, of dramatizing a cult. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she. I think she was an amazing villain. I thought she was deeply detestable. 
Yeah. You know. Um, but but also believable, as yeah. Kyle was saying. Like, you could totally believe that this woman has done what she's done. You know, yeah. it's not like... And she's a total fanatic right until the end, where she just believes her own garbage and writes yeah. about it, publishes it, and <laughs> leaves that garbage in your room. Yeah, and forces people to read it. Yeah, you know? I, I, I thought she was a great... Yeah, believable, great, great uh, cult leader. Yeah. And I don't know if they've... Have they done cults before? I, they did cults on the original series. They did a couple sort of culty episodes on TNG. Which ones? Uh, well, the notes that I was reading reference Descent. Uh, there was some sort of... Oh, that's what the... Was and the... Yeah, and one of the writers on this, or producers, he, he had a family member who was in a cult. Right. So... He was. He had some some experience with this. Um, I I think it showed. I think they did a good job of, of illustrating it. Yeah, because it wasn't a standard sort of. You have to believe in this abstract deity. Right. It was more. It was philosophical, mm. and we've talked before about these. They're a bunch of socialists. You know, this is just an agrarian socialism. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it is sort of a nice flip on the whole idea. Normally, when we meet these agrarian societies, they are wonderful. They're so yeah. everything is so perfect, and and you're like, why don't they live in this perfectly wonderful world? It is, yeah. but it's also it's also a classic Star Trek idea where they beam aboard a planet, and every it looks like paradise, and then there's always something, Something's some wrong. dark mystery. Yeah, at the there's heart. a crack. Like, yeah. what, what was the TNG episode where Wesley crashes into some plants oh, that and they ape? have to murder him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the, the with sexy that. outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the alien above that's like the floating um, the floating spaceship alien that yeah. plans to destroy them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it happens again and again. <laughs> I, I mean, it, there, there, there was no sort of like, as soon as you they walk into this community oh, and they're like, okay, what's wrong? Yeah, like, exactly. What is the dark secret? Yeah. But it's I, it's funny, setting the, the, the opening is is uh, Cisco and O'Brien and Cisco saying, oh, I, you know, I can Jake um, be your apprentice and, and sort sure, of learn yeah. the trade and they're setting that up for the, the next episode. And uh, O'Brien says, you know, I never really knew that, that I could do this until I was on the Cardassian front lines and I had to teleport people in ten minute, in under 10 minutes or, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, oh, the, it's this idea that you kind of find yourself and find your purpose in extreme challenges. Mm. And then they beam aboard this planet and, and it was the same thing with this group of people where it was this life or death situation. They had lost all their technology and through that adversity they, they found themselves and I thought well you know this is kind of a good theme yeah. and then I saw the cult leader and I knew that something was terribly wrong <laughs> I, I the other big thing that I liked about the episode was how the the Federation is extremely powerful right mm -hmm. there's like dozens of planets mm -hmm. and high technology and Cisco himself like commands a station but as soon as he beams down to this planet like a dozen farmers have him totally you know, powerless, essentially. Yeah. I mean, he... It, it's a great show of his will that he... You know, this was very much his, like, Four Lights episode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's like, I am not taking off the uniform, and he yeah. doesn't drink the water. He gets back in the box. But until the phaser shows up, he really... They really can't do anything. You know, all it takes is, like, the yeah. will of a group of people mm -hmm. to overpower the two of them. And I thought that, you know, yeah. Cisco's essentially biggest challenge in the series so far was not the Cardassians or the wormhole aliens or any sort of crazy technological thing. It was like mm. a dozen hippies. Yeah. And and I think what you point out there too is 
something that bothered me about the the denouement was that Cisco was kind of robbed of his moment yes. of overcoming, you know, his, there are four lights, you know, yeah, like, yeah. um, he, he, the, he gets saved by Miles and then by Kira and Dax. Like he yeah. doesn't have a chance to have, you know, a big speech where he shows that Alexis is wrong and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And all this I, stuff. I, I, yeah, she I, wins. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. The, yeah. the, the, the victory is that he doesn't lose his individuality. There's a lot of prison movies with the same conceit. It's, you know, it's, it's some prison warden trying to break you down. They always have that box that they put you in, or yeah. some, whether it's solitary confinement or it's a hot box like in this. And then, and the victory is leaving that prison and, and not being broken down or not losing your humanity. Sure. Um, which is interesting because Starfleet is always sort of about overcoming obstacles through diversity, through having a lot of individuals working mm. together. Whereas this uh, hippie agrarian cult was was just sort of breaking down your individual identities into into a group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, some other minor things. Uh, oh, well, we we haven't even mentioned Dax and Kira. Dax does something. Dax does something, and I actually thought that whole plotline was very interesting. Like oh. they actually, you you didn't like it. <laughs> I liked it. I liked the idea of finding the the runabout and that had been sent into the the sun. They probably could have found an easier way to destroy it than sending it into the sun, but and then missing and then having it go. Um. Yeah, I I uh, I like that. For once, um, Dax is like, "No, let me solve this with science." Right. <laughs> and is like, "Okay, okay." So yeah. Uh, She's, no, a, she's asserting herself. I okay. That was like the worst part of the episode for me. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, because first of all, the the premise that you know Elixis with I don't know some gadget from ten years ago manages to like hack into a spaceship and pilot it away, like mm. the spaceship that did not even exist when whatever technology she's using mm-hmm. was built. Like, how low security is this stupid? runabout oh yeah <laughs> and, th- and then yeah. like i don't know i felt like they really wanted to play up the drama of the like we're gonna grab it at warp and like what if it tears apart yeah. and i was like <laughs> and, and the fact that it's like kira's like dax like what crazy plan are you gonna think of and dax is like well i'm gonna be inspired by the hopi people of earth and that like, was ridiculous and do like a, a rope trick and i'm like the tractor beam? Hello! Like, that's the first thing you think of. Oh, we're trying to grab a ship? Yeah. What device do we have that does that? Like, yeah. No, it's it's true. And then later they just use the tractor beam at warp. But anyway. Yeah, it's it, not the first first or last time that that's been done. But no, I think what it was, they were pulling it out of warp into um, impulse. Uh-huh. Which, I... You, I, I mean, I think the Hopi Indian, Indian thing was terrible. It was like really, um, it was like reaching for some sort of like trying to make Dax more interesting because yeah. she has all this knowledge. But, but and why it would she so use, tokenish? Why, and why, would, why would she use an example from Earth? Why wouldn't she use an example from Trill? Why yeah. did she, Why did she need an example? <laughs> why did she need to be like it's this thing called a lasso. Yeah. Like it's like. It's a tractor beam. <laughs> Kira knows how it works. You know how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> just jumping on that. Uh, I, I will say that seeing seeing uh, Kira and Dax together is a lot more interesting than Bashir and O'Brien. I like I like that relationship. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, and there was a scene, I was it in this episode or in the next episode, where Kira was standing, or Dax was standing next to Kira, and Dax is like a foot taller than her or something. <laughs> really? Yeah. She's like, like super that. tall. Yeah. But it's, uh, no, it's I, the hair. It's, it's the hair. The hair. <laughs> her hair the is so big. Yeah. So big. It seems to be getting, extending further out. <laughs> Part of the trope lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, we forgot to mention that Alexis, Alexis' son. What's his name? He has a weird name too. Uh, Vinod. Vinod. He has uh, some great arms in this episode. Some <laughs> yeah. really. He's, re- he's really showing off those guys. Yeah. Trying to figure out if we were going to mention. <laughs> I mentioned that, dude. If, uh, if if you're working in the fields every day in your agrarian society, you got yeah. you're going to get big arms and you yeah. got to show them off. I did like that. The women seem to be wearing full dresses. You know, mm. if they're working in the fields, that's probably not the most. Yeah, uh, practical. I, the a little minor thing that I didn't like was that they show up and like a guy is like, "What are the sports scores?" and the woman's like, "What are the fashions?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, it was yeah. like our dresses are now longer. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to tailor everything." Yeah, and it's like, what do fashions change throughout the entire like <laughs> galaxies at the same time? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was confusing. And, uh, yeah, there was some nice Friar Tuck outfits on some of the people, some straw hats, you know, mm-hmm. they, they love to put people in hippie outfits yes. on Star Trek. They just love it yes. so much. I was like, any, they're going to have to import these fashions back to Bajor because they <laughs> love stuff like this over there. Yeah. Cassandra might be ahead of her time. Yeah. You know? They might be like, Ooh, who's this who fashion icon? Cassandra. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, apart from that, I didn't really have much else to say about this episode. Um, Some interesting ideas, maybe not the best ending in terms of everything. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we move on to Shadow Play? Sure. And Kyle will punish you again by making you do the synopsis. Fine. Um, Okay, so this uh, episode managed to fit three plots into it. So, in plot A... Um, this time Dax and Odo are going to explore some new planet, and, um, they did not watch the last episode, so when they detected a particle field that blocks, uh, (laughs) sensors, they they also decided to both beam down. Yeah. It's official Starfleet protocol, I believe. (laughs) Especially the ranking officer has to beam down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the other... Okay, well, we'll get back to that, Anyway, um, so they beam down, and they um, are on this planet uh, where it is soon revealed that um, it's a planet with one village on it, and it's uh, soon revealed that people have been disappearing, and um, Odo decides to start conducting an investigation for some reason, um, but uh, ultimately it turns out that um, all the people are holograms, and the um, gigantic, obvious piece of technology in the middle of the village is breaking down <laughs> and no longer sustaining them, um, which they learn by um, basically taking a little toddler out to the edge of the um particle field and she starts disappearing yeah um so they uh have to re they have to reboot it uh a a type of technology fix that obviously lasts uh throughout the centuries yes um just the press the restart button (laughs) (laughs) um everyone disappears except for one old guy who uh reveals that he fled his planet when it was taken over by the (gasps) dominion dominion um and um 
he's like, ah, oh, forget it. Okay, everyone's fake. But Odo, um, through his uh, strong values and perhaps bond with the little kid, uh, convinces him that they're real enough, and uh, they bring them back, and everything's fixed. Um, in plot B, which was maybe the most entertaining one, um, Kira is in charge of security at the station because, again, they just sent um, Odo off. Uh, and she is on to Quark, because he, of course, is trying to, um, I guess, get some stolen goods from his cousin. Um, coincidentally, Vedic, Vidal Sassoon Burail, yes. uh, shows up. Vidal they, <laughs> they play spring ball, mm-hmm. and then um, end up having a romantic evening where they finally make out, or, more realistically... Um, Kira tries to put her mouth on Beryl's mouth <laughs> while he delivers a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. revealing that um, basically he was uh, brought here indirectly by Quark. Uh, Kira figures it out and um, goes to uh, tell Quark that she that he's busted. Mm-hmm. Uh, in plot C, uh, a nice continuation of a seed that was planted in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake starts working with O'Brien. Um, because it'll be great for his Starfleet Academy application, but he reveals that he doesn't want to go to Starfleet Academy, and, Mm -hmm. oh no, what if his dad is upset? But he isn't! Plot over. (laughs) Because he's the greatest dad ever. Yeah. That was probably the most difficult synopsis yet, and you pulled it off with flying colors, so thank you. Thank you, thank you. So how did you feel about this episode? It was very blah to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the I guess the main, the plot A was just a sort of, I, I guess they tried to, like, judge it up with, like, oh, like, Odo's gonna investigate it. But really, they didn't have to overcome any sort of, like, real interpersonal problem or yeah. any sort of conflict that we could get invested in like oh how mm-hmm. should they solve this it was just like it's a technical problem mm-hmm. Dax fixed it well and, and it was over halfway through the episode yeah. like the whole reveal of them being holograms was halfway through and then the rest of it was them kind of dealing with that but there wasn't much to deal with in that one scene where the old guy's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go back to my home planet now. Yeah. And then Odo's like, no, you have to continue this fantasy so that little girl will survive. Mm-hmm. And um, at which, and then he's like, okay, sure, you've convinced me. Which, to me, doesn't make a lot. It's a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Like, it's just like, why mm-hmm. would he suddenly decide, no, he's not going to do it? I don't know. Old people are weird. Old people are weird. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> He also, this this old guy came to this planet, built this whole hologram system. Yeah. Because he said he didn't like what the Dominion were doing on his planet. He didn't say they were killing people or anything like that. He just said he didn't like what they were doing. He said things had changed. Things had changed. So he just went I mean, to another planet and recreated his life? Old people don't like change. <laughs> so, like, did we he need, abandon... We need to stop before this gets too explicitly ages. <laughs> I, he... I am old and I also don't like change. <laughs> <laughs> did he, like, leave his family on the other planet? Right, like, it was, did the daughter exist on the other... Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe she was killed and that's what we're supposed to... Sure, sure. I, I wish it had been more explicit. Like, yeah. I... we. 
I'd run away from the Dominion or something like that. But then there would be no, oh, I'm going to go back to my home planet because why would you go back to your home yeah. planet? Mm. So I think they threw that in there and then didn't realize it like messed up the whole yeah. uh, situation. Yeah. Um, I liked too. There was one part where <laughs> they tell everyone that they're holograms. Everyone's so tactless. <laughs> like Dax is like, no, like guys, you know, let me just ease you into this. She's like, well. None of you are real. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're moderately upset yeah. about this. They're like a little bit like, oh, you know, I just dropped my favorite, uh, mm. you know, my favorite sandwich and it, it is spilled on the ground. You know, and I it disappeared. <laughs> yeah. And one of them said, like, <laughs> Dak says, then this, this village will cease to exist. And then you hear someone going, aw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here. I oh, disagree no. with both of you. <laughs> I thought that this episode had horrifying internal logic problems. Like none of it made sense. They they I will You're get to the point. Of saying, with no no no. I I will I will disagree with you. But I mean certain things like they could have just seen that there was one life form on the planet. And one of them was not yeah. a hologram. And, yeah. and as you said, there's well, this but it was like giant holograms, yeah. Omicron particle. Yeah. There's this giant Omicron particle generator in the middle, like screwing around with matter and antimatter. I mean, but all that stuff aside, all the logic issues, I still found the holograms very charming. Oh, and they I, were and, charming. And, yeah. and it was just sort of fun. And once you realize that they're holograms, the, the fact that none of them go beyond the valley like they're they're programmed not to they're they're sort of a, a limited mental capacity that they have, <laughs> say. Like it, it, it starts to make sense right they're just kind of fun almost silly characters and mm-hmm. and i thought that the the relationship between odo and the girl was yeah. really sweet i, oh, I yeah. thought it i i think she's, she's a great in, actress she was in that tng episode yes. the, with the imaginary, imaginary friend. friend yeah, yeah. She's a she's a great great. No, actor. she was great. They had great chemistry. Yes. That and, moment was really really good. And the hologram uh, creator is he's a really great actor too. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's good. He has problems saying the word hologram. Yes, yeah. Hol- he's hologram. Yeah. <laughs> he kept saying it so he's weirdly. He's from a very different movie era. So that's all. Hologram. I'm say. Yeah. Hologram. Yeah. So I I forgave I forgave a lot of the the logic stuff that made absolutely no sense and and I just sort of enjoyed seeing the. These characters interacting with each other sure yeah. you know what and i will say this i actually remember this episode from when i first saw it and i remember seeing it multiple times like i clearly really liked it mm-hmm. and i think it was just simply the interaction between odo and the little girl that really appealed yeah. to me mm-hmm. and there's something about like odo is a odo is a weirdo um, he's one of a kind and he is not like everyone else so he can really understand what these holograms are going through being holograms and yeah, not yeah I, I think that's yeah. definitely and, and I, I kind of yeah. think it's a little progressive too where they realize that they're artificial intelligence and, and worthy of existence just like anyone else um, yeah maybe it reminds me of the doctor right. on, on Voyager right where but yeah I mean there was an episode where yeah. they dealt with this exact question yeah yeah so yeah, I mean that that's all wonderful and sweet. It, it just wasn't much of a plot. plot. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, as I said, it kind of was over halfway through, and then you're yeah. like, just just sort it out. You know, it, it's interesting when when Kyle, when you were doing the synopsis too, and this is the first episode we've seen where they've had uh, not two plots but three plots. It reminds me of a of a modern television show, something that yeah. we see right now, where 
where they're serializing all these different character arcs and so many different things are going on per episode it, it was it yeah. seemed very more modern that way yeah yeah um i uh enjoyed the part where odo and dax are showing revealing that they are not a, a harm to the village and so odo mm. beams up so. to the <laughs> to the the runabout he beams up in a sitting position, which makes me wonder. Did he, yeah, he, he like no, he he lands on the runabout, <laughs> just squatting, uh, and then he just beams he... back, and he's still in a sitting position. Yeah, it's just you know maybe maybe something they could have thought about, you know, <laughs> but I guess they didn't. I also um, like how this is one of the episodes where the they were like we do not have the makeup budget for these aliens, so they're just going to be, like, an outfit alien. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, this is a village of, like, eccentric theater queens. Yeah. Like, I love their outfits. The, the <laughs> white were... robes with the beads coming out of their caps. Yeah. And, yeah. I so like the cool. hair. I like the hair. The girl had those Oh, yeah, that, that was a cool look. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was, it, it was like the, the, I mean, I guess they did at least paint the docile faces, but there was no, no wrinkles. Oh, no, yeah. not a wrinkle in sight. No weird ears yeah. or anything like that. The signature, mm-hmm. you either get a nose and forehead or an ear, but these yeah. guys didn't get anything. No, no spots yeah, even. nipples or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, the whole silliness of them coming to this planet, mm-hmm. they beam down, and these people are like, oh, sure, just two aliens beam down. That's fine. That's fine. We're going to be but, so upset about it. But again, they're holograms with limited <laughs> mental capacity. So. They did seem really chill about this, everything. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe they've been programmed I, to be super chill. I actually found that kind of refreshing that the, their immediate reaction wasn't like, let's get them. It was like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Hello? 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 Oh, you're going to help us out? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Um, yes, uh, so our favorite Vedic, uh, Vidal Sassoon, was here yes. um, it, with his uh, sexy gay monotone. Hello, Kira. I'm talking <laughs> to you like this. I never show any expression on my face, but oh. I talk like this. Oh, honored. Yes. I hoped you'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> he has no game. He's yeah. so awkward. But They're both it. awkward. But yeah. they don't need any game because both of their hair is fantastic. I know. They have the same <laughs> hairstyle. Hair. I, think, I think it's their hair that attracts each other. <laughs> but I still like him even though he has like no charisma. He's yeah. like a he's like a robot basically. Yeah. Um, with his nearly transparent eyebrows. I also mm-hmm. enjoy that. The the thing that I was really bothered by by this plotline was that if we think back like a dozen episodes Vedic Wynn set in motion this like huge scheme oh, just to get Beryl out of his monastery so she could murder him mm-hmm. and now it's like oh he's just coming to the station like I know. no big deal yeah. and, and that is starting to annoy me about this season in general because we started off with this whole, like, Bajoran strife, and I said this on the episode that I was on, I was like, finally, they're, like, using the potential of all this stuff, and now mm. they're just, like, every once in a while, they'll be like, geez, th- things sure are unstable on Bajor. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they don't do anything with it, they've just uh, forgotten yeah. about it. Yeah. I think they're just, like, it, it still is not at the place where they're, um, they're turning it into a continuous series, so mm, they, right. they want to keep it as a more episodic but yeah no i mean he came there and there is no feeling of urgency or no feeling of 
oh, is something bad going to happen because he's left? No, mm. it's like, oh, th- there's there's a medic on the station who has gambling debts. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that's why he's here. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, oh, we should also mention, this is the, I think this is the first time there's a reference to, oh no, maybe the second time, reference to a changeling. I was going to ask that. Yeah. I was thinking that, I was like, is this the first time he's been called changeling? He's always been shapeshifter before? Because wasn't oh, there the word, that... it, it was the one where the guy, his daughter was in that stasis chamber. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And he said, oh, he, he, said, said special, he said shapeshifter, I think. Did, or did he say changeling? We, we have to go back. We're done, we're done our research here. <laughs> if you know the answer, please email yeah, us. Uh, right in. But it was it was a nice it was nice how they fit that in the whole um, where she's telling stories about changelings yeah. and mm-hmm. about how the fact that changelings are these beings that were supposed to have existed but no longer exist. Yeah. Mm. But they're also kind of terrifying, which I think fits into. Yeah, no, I, I thought that that was very effective. They are sort of sneaking in a lot of stuff that if I did not know what was coming, I would not pay as much attention mm. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and the last one, I guess, is the, the plot line with Jake and uh, Miles, mm. um, which... Viewers or listeners, you did not see this, but Kyle just rolled his eyes very, very heavily at that. So, what yeah. what did you like about it? Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting little character development, but it really should have just been like one scene in another episode where, because like as we learned, first of all, we never had any expectation that Jake was going to Starfleet. We never like there was no talk about it ever before. Sure, um, and it was just sort of like. Oh, I I don't want to go, and Ben's like, okay. It yeah. should have just been a scene where Jake's like, hey, by the way, Dad, I, I think I'm gonna like skip the whole Starfleet thing. And his dad's like, great, go to like art school on Neptune for all I care. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they 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 really have they need to fill out this episode probably because they the could have hol- filled it out with the other two plots. <laughs> <laughs> but the hologram stuff, I think, was just yeah. it just it there wasn't enough there for it. So that's why they probably needed something else as well. Yeah. It was weird to me. I mean, because I, I don't know what happens after this, but they set up the Jake O'Brien thing in the previous episode. So I thought, oh, this is going to be a continuing thing where he's O'Brien's understudy. And then it just sort of, it seemed to end in this episode. I think he might. I'm not sure. He yeah, might continue. He continues? Yeah. I will say Jake is incredibly tall. He's just like... Just taller than everyone else. And has yeah. gained like a foot since the the beginning, the beginning of the... like a foot or a half. <laughs> he's he's competing with Dax's hair. <laughs> but I, I like Jake. You know, yeah. I like his scenes. He's so charming. No, they were all like fun little cute scenes. It was just like I I felt like they could have found some more stuff to put in plot A. Sure. With that yeah. time. Oh yeah, I yeah, know the the holograms needed to be fleshed out more um yeah. i i do i do want to mention one last thing about jake and miles is that miles has about five trillion lines on his forehead <laughs> like, well have you seen what's happened to him over yeah. the last <laughs> five episodes yeah. this man He's like can, can they not like i mean they can't solve baldness in the future no. jean-luc seems to have been lucky. why would you want to yeah well like <laughs> poor barkley too has like the whole comb over situation yeah. 
they can't solve that. They also apparently can't... Like, there's no in, intergalactic Botox to solve this, uh... Well, you know, creased forehead problem? That's shown that we here in the 21st century have reached the peak of cosmetic technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's all None of us will get here. any more attractive. <laughs> I like that. We are the most beautiful humans that will ever exist. <laughs> After this, they just don't care. They just won't care anymore. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really have much else to say. Um, do you have anything further you want to add? No. No? Okay. Well, as I uh, like to remind you, if you want to send us emails, please do. Uh, our email address is rrds9podcast at gmail.com. And once again, thank you, Kyle, for appearing on our show thank again. Thank you for having thank me. You. It's a lot of fun. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>